Is your family a success? Is there even a measure for family success? We think there is, and with a 20-year track record of success, we're going to show you how to bless your family with success in your health, relationships, and finances. I'm Steve Keen. And I'm Katie Keen. And along with some awesome guests, we are going to give you our secrets to family success. Welcome to Family Success Secrets. Welcome, everybody. Today we have with us Candace Bax Friesen, and I'm excited to introduce her to you. She is passionate about helping people reach their financial dreams. She is a highly motivated woman, and she has a passion for helping others succeed also in life and in business. She's a mother of four, a top performing realtor, entrepreneur, money coach, and a speaker. She has been a real estate investor since 2001. Her candid approach to business and her affinity for getting past the fluff and getting to the root of each challenge for her clients so that they get a lot done has led to her becoming a highly sought after coach within the finance and real estate industries. She also provides sales coaching to fellow real estate agents, but her passion lies in the finance industry. So Candace, I know you do coaching and training and you're a mom with an amazing heart. We're so glad to have you here today so that everybody can meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I know when we talked last time, um, you mentioned that you live in Canada. Yeah, I'm in Manitoba, which is right above North Dakota and Minnesota. So right in the prairies and I live rurally, so on a acreage and yeah, life is good. Yeah, we keep meeting amazing people from Canada who are just lovely. So it was fun for us to get to meet you too. So you have an amazing story. So we're hoping that you would share with the audience just some about you and about your backstory and why you do what you do and why you're passionate. Yeah, for sure. No problem. So basically, I think a lot of where I guess all of this started maybe would be when I think back, I think sort of the pivotal moment was when I was about 12 and, you know, I had successful entrepreneurs around me my parents were entrepreneurs my grandparents were and I remember just sitting there thinking okay so how am I going to figure all this business stuff out you know like I could see success but how am I going to figure this out for myself and so I, I just started reading personal finance books and trying to figure out this money piece and my aunt was someone who I really looked up to a lot and she was one of the few people at that point in my family who had gone to post-secondary education and she was an accountant and a career woman. And I thought, yep, that's, this looks good. This is what I want to do. And so I, the plan was to go to university and I wasn't really interested in necessarily having kids or anything like that, but just wanted to be a career woman. And so I met my now husband when I was 17, right after graduating and just, you know, the big lesson always is never say never because I have four kids now. I'm not an accountant and the rest is history. So, and yet you have a huge impact on people and do something you love. So it sounds like a really good outcome to us. Something must have changed there either after you met him or after you began to have a family that still put you on a course to finance and real estate and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's kind of come full circle because I, I ended up you know, being approached to become a realtor and join a real estate team. And it was a big development. And this realtor was looking to set up a team to sell, you know, 600 lots over 20 years sort of thing. And that didn't end up going anywhere, but the real estate thing worked out really well. And so I've been doing that for 14 years. 
And about five years ago, people, I just really recognized people were starting to ask me more questions. So, you know, the real estate deal would be done and, you know, you're kind of sitting around the table and suddenly, you know, they'd say, so you seem to know things about money. Like, could I ask you some questions and just really recognize, you know, like, there's the real estate transaction itself is great and you can help a lot of people, but my focus is really on legacy and that you can change generations by impacting people through, you know, just helping them set up their finances. And I think when you've got your finances figured out and you have a strong relationship, you know, you can, again, the next generation can figure out money too. You can pass on those lessons to kids. And strong families means strong communities. And again, that's where that ripple effect comes from. So that's really my focus right now and leading onward, I guess, from here. But that's my focus is to change lives. Cool. So how active are you in any of these things? Because mother of four and real estate and financial stuff plus whatever amount of time you might take for sleeping or crazy stuff like that how do you how do you organize your day how do you say okay i'm going to do a week of real estate and then a week of finance or how do you split it up what does that look like yeah that's like the big mystery that people always kind of ask me like how do you actually do all of this and so number one and this applies to life or to business and you know, I have a daughter who has a disability and, and three other children. And, you know, whether it's looking at our own home life or if it's looking at business, it's just really that none of this happens and you never reach success on your own either. But none of this life stuff happens with just me and my husband. Like we have people helping us from whether it's helping with my daughter or helping with, you know, cleaning the house and taking care of house stuff. In the past, we had a a chef for a while that helped out for a little bit. And so it's really looking at like, what is stopping us from where we want to go? And how are we going to reach that instead of, well, people might judge me if I have someone driving me around uh, as a realtor, you know, some days I do that. It's not every day, but sometimes I have a driver helping or in the past when we had a chef, it was sort of thinking like, okay, if I could have someone come in once a month to just make a whole bunch of freezer meals, and that takes care of that. And it's applicable to my daughter's needs, then that deals with that, right? So it's looking at, okay, what's the the issue right now in life or in business? What am I facing and how do I overcome that? So none of this is done by myself. I have an assistant who helps me with work and everything. So I see. Is it a family business? Is it you and your husband or is it just you? We sort of run our own businesses. So my husband used to do exterior plaster on homes and now he does farming. And I have my real estate business and coaching business. So he definitely helps me if I, in the middle of winter, it's really hard to put up real estate signs and I do my own signs. So in the winter, it's definitely him hammering signs into the frozen ground and things like that. Yeah. So we help each other out in our businesses, but we, we sort of run them separately. I don't get involved in his farming and he doesn't get involved in my real estate, but we chat about our businesses to each other for sure. I see. I see. And do you conduct all of this from home? Most of the, yeah, most of this, my business is run from my house. My assistant actually works in my house here too. And uh, and coaching, a lot of it is done online. If it's people who are local to where I live, then I do like to meet people in person because I think that the connection is stronger anytime you can do business in person. And of course, selling houses is all in person. 
So with that type of business, yeah, I'm spending a lot of time on the road. And sometimes people say, but when do you have time for yourself? And I say, well, I have a lot of time on the road. So <laughs> so you can listen to different podcasts and sort of think through your day and, and do a lot of planning while you're driving. So life's good. How about the kids? Are any of them old enough to begin taking an interest in this or in the, your husband's farming business? Well, I think most kids don't really want to take over their parents' business, I find. I think that kids tend to sort of come around, you know, in their 20s and say, well, maybe what my mom and dad do isn't so bad. But right now, I, I don't think any of the kids are interested in running around and doing the crazy hours that I do. So my one son is sort of, he's 14 and he's looking at becoming an engineer likely. And the other son is, he wrote a book last year during COVID. He had extra time. There was a lot of extra time. So he just kind of hammered out a book and that's not my brain at all. So that's interesting raising children and, and all the different personalities and interests that they have. But so he right now he would like to be an author. So he'll be in my basement for the rest of his life. Just kidding. Nice. And my daughter, the youngest one, she's seven. And who knows at this point? So, yeah. Curiously, then you have your son and he wants to write a book and that's not your thing. So I'm guessing that means you have no idea how to do this. And maybe your husband's like, well, I have no idea how to do this, but yeah. somehow you did it. So for those parents who have kids who want to do something like that, how do you encourage those parents or, you know, what type of resources do you have to go investigate in order to do something like that since it's foreign? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a, a big challenge when I realized that he was very, it started pre-kindergarten, he kind of figured out how to read. He just sort of self-taught himself how to read. And from there, he's always had an interest and it's progressed into writing. And so it's exactly like you said, like, where do you, how can you challenge your kids when you have never really experienced some of these things? And living rurally, you know, we don't live in a big city that's got tons of resources, you know, like if we lived in Dallas or any larger city in the U.S., but we don't have as many uh, big cities around here. So our largest one is about 800,000 to a million. And there's just not the same type of opportunities. And yeah, but the internet makes it a lot better. So I reached out to people who I knew who had written books as adults. I don't know any other kid authors personally, but locally and online, I knew a few people who had written books. And I just said, hey, like, could you read his book and give him tips. You know, I'm not looking for you to change his book to become a bestseller. And their writers don't want to do that either to other writers. But you have experience that he doesn't. You're 10 steps ahead of where he is. So just to be able to give him some feedback and, and stuff like that. So and then I just found again, I found a lady who did editing and publishing. And the next thing will be, yeah, I found an artist again. So she kind of put the art together for his book. It's it, he just had maybe four photos. It wasn't like a, a fully illustrated kid's book, but it's more of a chapter book for appropriate to his age, which is about 11. So yeah, so it's just kind of finding the pieces. And the big thing is to ask, just to ask people, like go on to different book authors groups on Facebook or different groups sort of associated with what you're looking to get and ask the more you ask in life, the more like people are always willing to help. There's so many good people out there. And, and if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, I'm sure that people were more than happy to sponsor a kid in some way. You know, like 11 year old yeah. kid wants to write a book. Let's get this done. Yeah. So 
is it out there available for for purchase or how, how does how did it finally come to yeah all the pieces are there but we're just in the editing process right now yeah so it okay. should be, yeah we were hoping to have it ready for in our province it's i love to read month in february so we thought it would be really cool to have that ready and then he could potentially maybe next year when COVID calms down, hopefully that he could tour around to different schools and just share how he wrote this book. And again, sure. encourage other kids, right? No, that would have been fun for us to promote it for him, but. <laughs> You'll have to let us know. We'll have to find out from you when the book is released so we can add the link to it into your description on this episode. Cause that is so exciting. And I'm, I'm really proud of him for putting in all that work. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. So mm-hmm. we'll go back and add it in. Okay, well, if we can, let's circle back just a little bit because you have four kids. All right, cool. You have two businesses, real estate and financial and some coaching as well. So that's three, if I understand correctly. Plus, your husband has a farm, which is more than a full-time job for one person. But we really quickly went right over the special needs part of that, which is more complicated than just having four kids. It's, it's sometimes it's like having five or something like that because, yeah. <laughs> because, because the degree of difficulty in the care is higher than it is for a child that develops typically. Yeah. But the number of hours in your day doesn't increase. So can we share with the audience a bit about what's that like? Yeah, for sure. I'm an open book. Ask me anything. And to, for your listeners, if they know of anyone who has Prouder Willie and you want to reach out to me specifically, feel free anytime. So my daughter has Prader-Willi syndrome. And so she, when she was born, she was a normal size. They had no indications that she had a disability or anything prior. So when she was born, she had no suck and she was hypotonic. So very low muscle tone. And yeah, so she had to be tube fed. It was our first baby, which was, I was about 20. I think it was almost 24. I didn't have any experience with anybody who had a disability in my family. My husband didn't either. So it was kind of us and intensive care life for the first uh, 25 days, which, you know, you're allowed sort of one visitor uh, or two visitors. And that was kind of it. So nobody saw her for the first month. They kind of missed out on her life and meeting her and stuff. And we were kind of in this little bubble of just survival all on our own. You just feel like nobody really knows what you're going through. And I think I sort of put up these walls too. Like, you know, people would say, hey, like, do you want us to come visit in the evening when we were done at the hospital? And I was like, no, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, I'm just trying to get through this. And everyone deals with it in different ways. Any challenge that comes up. So, so we got to bring her home. She managed to get strong enough that she could be bottle fed. She never nursed or anything, but, and then we, yeah, we just sort of went through that. And in some ways I was just so thankful it was our first because she, we had all of our attention for her. And that was the one baby I had where I wasn't self-employed. So I had a maternity leave and I, I know we're very fortunate in Canada. We have a year and it's actually increased that you can extend it to 18 months. So I know we're very fortunate That makes things very different. But yeah, I had a year to really focus on her. And in the beginning, it was tons of appointments, right? We're going to feeding specialists. She's getting weighed constantly to make sure that she was gaining weight. And yeah, OT, PT to speech therapy to on and on, right? Hearing specialists, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, so it's definitely very challenging. And 
and like I said, if it's your, you have a child with a disability after a few children, it's even harder, right? Because you still got to take care of everybody else too. So I don't know that anybody's got the perfect life. I know people always think that and it's like, oh, I have so many problems compared to the next. But that's the one thing that really connects us all is we all have challenges in our life. They just look different. That's true. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. How has that situation changed over the years from the time where you were shocked because your firstborn is yeah. a special needs kid and you're welcomed into the special needs parenting life on day one, which is what happened to us. But with your story, you know, you have three more kids thereafter and they're all developing typically, which is great. But have, have things changed over the last decade or so as far as what you do there and how you manage all of these different things? Yeah, well, like I said, we have help. So yeah. an example would be during the summer, she's old enough to... She's the oldest, which makes things interesting with birth order because she doesn't want to listen to the boy that's younger, mm-hmm. even though he kind of runs, in some ways he is the oldest because he sort of does things that the oldest kid would do because she doesn't, right? So it's very interesting dynamic, but she will not have him babysit her because he's younger. And <laughs> so we just, again, you adjust to whatever you need to do to make things happen and so for her it was okay well we're gonna have a sitter at home for her because my schedule is flexible and my husband's is and we do have parents close by on both sides which has been really great we for most summers we get somebody to come in three days a week and they make sure that again like to send her away then she knows she's different she's smart enough to know that she's different but she's not doesn't have the skills to ever live on her own or things like that, right? Yeah, so there's someone basically just making sure that, like with Prader Willie, it's an obsession with food mainly and gaining weight quickly. And so we have to watch what she eats and that she's not sneaking food and stuff like that. So it's sort of like having a toddler where you're always like, is there stuff on the ground? Like, are they going to, you know, choke on something? But with her, it's, you know, have we left food anywhere? Is all the food locked up? Is someone watching? Where is she? That's so sort of 24-7 kind of keeping an eye on her. Yeah, so we have someone come into our house just to basically do that, right? Make sure that she does some exercise every day. Make sure that she's not getting into things. Play games, do fun stuff with kids, right? And so the other kids are also around too, but mainly the woman or babysitter, whatever you want to call it, will come in just to kind of manage her and watch her. So that frees up us to get work done. I see. I see. I remember years ago when we were trying to discover our son's genetic condition, we were initially incorrectly told that it was Prater Willie. And I was speaking with a health professional separate from my sons. And he was telling me about studies that had been done for children with Prater Willie and how in some cases they literally had to put a chain around the refrigerator to lock it closed. Hopefully isn't to that degree where with your daughter, but it makes me think that there must be a range of development or difficulty that's associated with it. And maybe for you somewhere in the middle, because it didn't sound like you quite had to get to that step of, of chaining the refrigerator closed, but difficult nonetheless. And it all changes. And so I, I just remember thinking after I found out, like, 
these baby books, you know, what to expect the first year and all this stuff. I'm like, we're just chucking these out the window. And, you know, you, you want to do research to kind of find out what you're getting yourself into with this, right? But at the same time, it's not necessarily what you're going to have to face in the future. So I remember thinking, you know, I watched a few videos and, and you know, did a little bit of research. And then after that, I really thought, you know, I, there's no point looking into all this stuff because I may not have that issue or I might have it a lot more, you know, it might be a lot more in depth that, that I will have to deal with. And so we've really just adjusted to life around her and not the expectations of what this is going to be or what it mm -hmm. is. So, you know, about a year ago, she needed a back brace. So that was a new adjustment again. So there's constantly things that are changing as she's gotten older. She'll have, she has more teenager personality, <laughs> very trying, more meltdowns, stuff like that, that she didn't have when she was younger, right? So if I would have just relied on what I saw and thought, oh, this is going to be so awful, you know, we would have had all these, like we have great years, right? And now it's a little bit more challenging. You know, you just, yeah, I think just roll with what you have and, and don't worry about the unknown because you don't even know if that's going to happen anyway. Yeah, right. I agree with that so completely. That has been a big piece of our story too, is that we could choose to believe the absolute worst, but it does not help us get to a good story. And it doesn't help us keep hope or keep focus on where our focus needs to be. I feel like if we focused on all the worst case scenarios that are presented to us all the time, that we will be completely incapable of making the progress that's needed. So yeah, I, I love that. That's how you guys have lived as well. I applaud you for that. Yeah, we've just, I think whatever the challenge came up, it was like, hey, what, what are we going to do, right? What, what's the best step, you know? So a lot of our, we do have public health care in Canada and we're very fortunate, but not everything is covered and not everything's the best services either. So if you have this romantic opinion or thoughts around Canadian healthcare, it's maybe not what you think. But so, yeah, when we had speech therapy come up as something we need to do, had I waited for the, the public health system, you know, she never would have got where she had to. So it was like, well, we got to make this work. So, you know, we found a great speech therapist. And again, you, you're just kind of given a list and you're not sort of told who's the great ones. So it was just a blessing that we found an amazing woman. And she got my daughter to where she was. And again, if we would have had to wait a year to even see somebody, right? We, we would have just been behind the eight ball. So you just can't settle and you have to just keep fighting along the way. Just keep fighting for your child and, and for your family. I think that's a common experience mm -hmm. that most special needs families have is that they want the best care for their kid and they can't wait months. And so oh. many times we go plowing through we find the care that we think is going to help and we then pay for it out of pocket. And so the medical expenses for the special needs family are typically much higher than they are for a family of the same size, because a lot of times those things are just not covered. Yeah. Sounds like that was your experience as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we're going through life as we can and trying to figure things out. So because I do work a lot, I don't have the time as much to invest with her exercising, let's say, right? And she needs to stay strong and keep her muscles strong and stuff like that. So then we hire that out, right? I see. And the next person, if you can't afford to hire it out, you got to put in the time, right? So there's no one way to do life and to figure all this out, but you just really have to be true to yourself and what's working for your family and just keep 
taking steps forward and, and not worry about what other people think or, you know, that this is kind of weird or, you know, whatever it is, just keep going and be confident in, in what you're doing. Yeah, I completely agree and resonate with that too, because I know I've seen a lot of parents compare themselves to other you know, other families or people in their community. And what you said is just, you know, find what's best for your family and then do that. And what I've discovered is that it's great to look for ideas and to learn from other people and then try them. And then the ones that work, keep them, use them. And the ones that don't toss them right out (laughs) and keep looking for new ideas that work. And yeah, definitely. It's encouraging to hear you say that. I'm sure a lot of people will be glad. Don't compare yourself to others. (laughs) so easy to do, but it's just not good for us. Yeah. And people don't realize that they're doing it half the time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's too easy to do. So let's shift gears a little bit then and kind of get to the core of what we do here on our podcast and talk about systems and we call them success secrets, right? As the name of the podcast implies. So I'm guessing you have a lot of them, both in your personal experience and in your professional experience. So let's start with the family first and say, is there a system of some sort? And I'm assuming with a family as busy as yours, <laughs> that you have some sort of system in there somewhere that helps you to do things in a routine and in regular fashion with success. Is there something along those lines that you can share? Yeah. So there's this old fashioned uh, family calendar, (laughs) just this big calendar that we leave on our counter in the one part of our kitchen and everything goes on that calendar and everyone knows they better tell mom (laughs) if there's something up. So it goes on that calendar because if it gets missed, that's not mom's problem otherwise. Yeah, no, but there, you know, some of the stuff I think is just basic, but it's the consistency, right? And in, in making sure that whatever your system is that you are consistent and everybody kind of knows the system and, and it happens. As for really past that, you know, we we basically wake up in the morning, my husband and I, and we say, all right, so everyone's got enough food. Do we need any groceries today? Is there, you know, everyone's got enough clothes? Who has to go? Where are their gaps in today? Today or tomorrow, but we don't look too much further than two or three days really. And do we have to call mom? Do we have to figure out, you know, somebody to get picked up or dropped off or friends sometimes too? And okay, we're ready for the day. Let's tackle it, right? I think it's as simple as that, but just making sure that everything's covered. And honestly, now with COVID, things have just been so quiet. It's kind of nice, even though I feel bad for the kids. But, you know, it used to be five days in the arena. My husband's going to the arena and spending every evening there almost. And running around Manitoba with the hockey bags in the back of the truck and things like that. So it's really simplified things in some ways, but you know, the one son started a job and you know, so there's this and that, everything that continually comes up. So yeah, just managing day by day, really. So something else I've noticed too, that you do, and you said it in the beginning of the podcast and, and you did again, is you don't do it alone. You don't try to carry all of this by yourself. You either are working as a team with your husband or working with people that you've hired to be on your team or working with family or neighbors or friends. And I think so many times as parents in life, we feel like, well, we have to do it all. You know, it's just me and I have to carry all this weight and we're not created for that. And it's so much healthier and enjoyable actually (laughs) to share the load and really important because if we burn ourselves out, then there's nobody who can really take care of what's really important when we're needed. So 
I really love that you focus on community and I hope everybody else picked up on that. Yeah. And it's giving and receiving, right? And we always just focus on giving. So yeah, I want to help you or yeah, I want to bring a pie to somebody who just had a baby or whatever it is. And we're so good at trying to give, but we're really bad at receiving and that doesn't allow other people to give. So, so many times people want to help, but they're shy to ask or they don't know how they can help. And you know, somebody just quickly going and um, picking up a kid and bringing them home, like that's a huge help, but it's really not for them or their kids also it needs to be picked up too. So we try with friends and it's not just people helping us, but you know, if we're going, there's a few families that live close by. And so we just scheduled it out for hockey practices last year. And it was like, you know, you take Mondays, I'll take Wednesdays and we're not all driving. Like that's crazy, but it's just working smarter and helping each other. I'm going to ask a question that I hadn't thought about, so I didn't get a chance to prepare you for it. So (laughs) here we go. It circles back to what you were talking about, how when you discovered when your daughter was born and you were in the hospital for nearly a month. And so you probably had no earthly idea how to ask for help or if any could have even been given. I don't know, but let's suppose that there's a brand new mom out there in our audience who just got the sort of diagnosis or, yeah. you know, something in the ballpark of what you experienced and the shell shock of, well, I, I don't know what to do now. Any Anything that you might offer to the new mom, the new dad, so that they would know, here's a good idea of how you can let someone bless you with some help. Yeah, yeah. So we got home and we would quickly kind of prepare for the next day and just fall asleep and get up because being in the hospital is very exhausting. You're just sitting around, you're doing nothing, but you're still so exhausting. And yeah, we'd have people who would just drop off soup and buns or they'd drop off whatever. And so it, yeah, it doesn't have to be a lot, but even if somebody is just able to drop off a meal for you and you don't have to prepare that meal, if someone comes in and sweeps your floor for you, you know, it's when you have a new baby, especially if there's a lot of difficulties and it's taking up more of your time, like it's just those little things. So instead of them bringing another box of diapers, if they can, yeah, quickly wash your windows or whatever, but it takes us being humble and saying, yeah, I need the help. And I really appreciate the help, but it's worth it. It's worth it to feel better about yourself and to know that all this stuff's getting done and that people care. Right. And, uh, you know, while they're over sweeping, it's a little bit of conversation and it can make you feel so much better, right. That your mind can just leave your situation for a little bit and hear other people's news and stuff like that. So. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. That community really is uplifting and that human connection is so important. So yes, that's true. It blesses the person who is helping you and it blesses you because they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. One more. (laughs) One more. Since you have so many professions, since you have so many professions, to be sure there's one of those that you can draw on either as a coach or a financial counselor, any of those that you could say, here's something that would help out a family. Here's a system that I would recommend, whatever it might be. Anything along those lines? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so often we think of like an emergency fund for your family, for your household. So, you know, in case the furnace goes that you can replace it or you need tires. And But I think it's important too to put a little bit of money aside for budgeting for your child. So, you know, you don't know what you're going to need the next year, but it's really hard to be like, okay, I can't afford this stuff that my child needs. 
and making those decisions, right? So if you can just budget a little bit every year towards whatever that's going to look like, then it just makes it so much easier to get the help or to put them into, you know, a program that works for them. And so I think we have to just take that extra step when you have a, a child with a disability to put a little bit extra aside for them. And obviously for their future is a whole nother thing, but even just while, while they're in your care as children to make sure that you've got the resources to, to do those extra things for them. Very good. Very good indeed. I'm not going to ask you any more questions. I have, <laughs> I've been lighting them up. So, <laughs> so we could uh, ask a whole lot more though. <laughs> well, you know, We didn't even get to the farm. Yeah. 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 We're always Jane. interested in the farm. Yeah. <laughs> What are the chances we could get your husband on some other time and ask him questions about the farm? Yeah, and exactly. have, yeah you think he'd do it? Dad life. Dad life with a child with a disability. Yeah. Well, you know, it would be yeah. super cool because there are lots of folks who have the idea that they would like to start, even if it's just a little something, yeah. a, a garden plot, container gardening, whatever it might yeah. be, but a full-fledged farm, if that wasn't always his plan and he switched into doing that after he already had a family, if he walked away from one job that maybe he went to college for to pick up farming, which he probably didn't go to yeah. college for, yeah, that's a good story in there. Yeah. Our, our story really is never say never because, yeah, parting, having a farm and, and that being part of our life was not part of the plan either. So, yeah. That's what that's so the interesting thing about life, right? Like sure. if you look at these things and, and even having a child with a disability is like, you know, you sort of mourn what would have been, right? Because you know, you weren't planning or you didn't think this was gonna happen or we didn't know till after we had the baby. So you have this again, this romantic idea of okay, well the baby's gonna come home and the baby will be, you know, in the bassinet and everything's happy and and then you have this turmoil of like, oh, my goodness. And, and so you just are mourning that, you know, what you thought life would be is not what it's going to be. And I think that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, that kind of stuff can sneak up on you at any point in life. When my daughter turned 16, I, I was like, well, she's not going to drive and it is what it is. And I knew it was coming. But until I saw pictures of her kids in her class getting their learners, it, it hit me and I wasn't expecting it. Right. And so those are the kinds of things that having a child with a disability, it's unpredictable and you don't know when you'll be affected in different ways and, and you just can't predict it. And so as much as you can look at it, that is like, wow, that's really hard. You know, the good times are not the good times without the hard times either. And so I think, you know, no matter what it is in life. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's I really wouldn't have it any other way. Well yeah. said indeed. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so much of your story. I know so many people are going to be inspired. And so when they want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Yeah. So if it's just to chit chat, I'm a real estate agent. You can't hide as a realtor. So just type in my name and you'll find me. If you want to talk about financial stuff, my brand is investorsmarts.ca. CA is for Canada. So investorsmarts.ca. All right. Fantastic. And we will make sure all of that's in the description too, so that everybody can click if they go to the podcast. Candice, thank you so much for being here with us today. No problem. Thanks for this podcast. It's such an important thing to build that community amongst parents. And uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. No, our pleasure. It's always fun getting to meet yeah. new folks and having them share their stories and their expertise. So what you've said today will no doubt be a blessing to someone and who knows where. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from this podcast, we would be honored if you would share it. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download. Head over to podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com to have a top-rated Family Success Secret sent straight to your inbox. We look forward to spending time with you again next week during our next episode. See you then. Bye, everyone.